Today we head south to Littleton where we find Ben Woods keen to talk about his new album, Dispeller, a record that has been described as weirdly accessible. Ben put his new album together with another Ben, the much sought after producer Ben Edwards. We start our conversation with Ben about his upcoming tour. So uh, you're hit, you're hitting the road to promote your album. Yeah. What's the uh, the live situation going to be like? Do you have a band with you? Um. Yeah. 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 We've got a. Um, it kind of changes every tour, really. But um, and that's the nice thing about being like you know doing it on my own. But this time round, I think it's probably one of the best ones we've had. We've got um. I'm not sure if you've talked to Ryan Fisherman before. He's like country artist from down here. He was like, um, I think one of the nominees for the country artist of the year last year. But he's he's a good friend of mine. He's playing in the band, and then um, small yeah, a bunch of people that I've kind of met through strangely through jazz school or um, or just through you know that kind of incestuous right. small scene mingling that kind of happens, you know. Yep, it's yep. kind of a, it's a it's a big cast and they're all quite different, but I like that. You know, we've got my friend Ruben who's um going to be playing horns, so we're kind of like expanding more and more to the point now where we can have just like a full time horn player and cool. You know, so yeah, yeah. Gonna be good. Most you play most of the instruments on the album yourself, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, pretty much all of them. I think apart from a little bit of slide guitar, right. So so how, so when you kind of hand over these duties to the folks that are touring with you, what's the process like for you? Do you have to kind of think about you know specifics more than when you were yeah. just doing everything yourself? I like that I like it to be different, you know, like in the studio there's a certain um especially when it's just you you know, everything is very almost like feels like you're in like a lab or something, you know, everything's like very measured and, and you're careful, you know, and I know exactly like what I want to go for. Whereas when it comes to having other people involved, I'd never, I feel like, you know, it just loses all, it loses all feeling. Mm. You try stifle people's own, you know, like creative intuition by telling them exactly what to do. Right. So it's kind of like when we get the band together, then we're able to um, kind of just see, go through the songs and kind of figure out what, like, you know, where they're kind of naturally going towards. And then we yeah. can flesh that out and make this whole other different thing, especially because, you know, with this um, album, a big part of it for me was not, like my first one I felt like, I had a very clear band sound that I wanted. Like, you know, I just wanted, I almost wanted to have a band rather than think of myself as a solo artist. Right. Whereas this one was like, oh, but now I can do whatever I want. So I'm <laughs> going to make a point of every song, you know, like try to drastically change things up. Yep. Yep. So it definitely doesn't no. sound like a band album. That's for sure. And it yeah. sounds quite a, you worked with Ben Edwards down in his studio, the two Ben's working together there, but it, it doesn't yep. sound like a typical album that he has had in, involvement with. So what kind of discussions did the two of you have about what you were making? Yeah, I think, I mean, he's, he has a, 
a lot of love, I think, for um for music that isn't I mean, he likes lots of like more experimental stuff and heavier stuff actually, but I think because of just where he found himself and his friends, you know, he became the kind of alternative country guy. Yep. Or folk guy, you know, which he does amazingly well. And he loves all that stuff. But I think the fact that I approached him was like, there's things that I want that I can, you know, that I hear in your recordings from the studio, like the, the roominess and the kind of depth of it all. Yep. You know, I still want that, but everything else we're just going to, I don't know, we're just going to throw everything at the wall and try and make it weird. And I think that was kind of um, kept him, I don't know, just excited him. And I think maybe even made him more creative in his kind of production role, you know, because he wasn't a lot of the time just, you know, going with what he knows. Right. It's going right. to work, you know, because, you know? yeah, that's the thing. Well, when the, when the production becomes like a, a part of the, I feel like with my recording, it can be often a lot more of a musical and creative position to be in because we will end up, you know, getting guitars and throwing them through some old like tape equipment and then sending them out somewhere else and then and then kind of messing with them more. And through all that um, processing, you know, kind of that creates like pretty much its own instrument. So it becomes not just capturing something well, it's kind of like, you're creating this different thing that is intentionally not captured well, but you want to bend it the right way. Yep. 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 Well, you used the term weird and I saw somebody had referred to the sound as, or the album as being weirdly accessible. So I oh, guess yeah, I <laughs> weirdness <laughs> is what it's all about. huh? <laughs> well, I guess so. Not, not intentionally. Like I don't want to freak anyone out. Right. But I For me, when it comes to the music I love, there's always like, I love, you know, real simple classic songwriting in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, all the classics, like, you know, all and Cohen and Dylan and all that. Yeah. I can definitely get behind that. But at the same time, there's something I love about people who are just, in terms of the musical aesthetic or whatever you want to call it, you know, the instrumentation, when they just bend things as hard as they possibly can, that, I can't help but feel excited by that. Yep. So I think I just can't help but go for both ends at the same time. Okay. And I think with that, I don't know. Yeah, it keeps people on their toes. I don't want to make people feel like, oh, that someone's like, you know, sometimes you can listen to music and you get the feeling that someone's trying to make you uncomfortable. And I definitely don't want to do that. Gotcha. But I just want to make you feel like you're in some sort of dream or something, I guess, or in that part of your brain where things kind of, warp together but also don't make sense but it's cool. comforting <laughs> all right with that in mind let's uh, let's touch on a couple of tracks uh the strip uh is to me ha has this kind of weird kind of almost twin peaksy vibe to it um, yeah and there's like some bit broadcasts from outer space coming in and interfering yeah. and all that what, what's going on there
dirt track. That's one of my favourites actually, and um, it's got Charlotte from the band Womb as well, who's um, singing with me, right. who I love, and their voice is just like, for me, brings that whole song together. But um, I can see the Twin Peaksy vibe in that I wrote the song about, it must have been like four or five years ago, it was one of the ones from the first album that didn't make it, but um, to me, it's just trying to capture the essence of the uh, the 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 middle of the city here where I live, where it's like you know, there's a lot of um, I guess Christchurch is quite sparse now after after right. the earthquake, obviously, and yep. there's this like nightlife that exists in town, but it almost feels like um, almost like Canberra or something, you know, like where there's these there's a lot of space in between uh, all these locations, and so there's this. You know, you see like in the same way you see in other cities like Auckland or in Wellington where there's like the nightlife that all comes together on, yep. you know, the strip, I guess. And and everything is disgusting. And, you know, <laughs> people are yelling and all the rest of it. There's that, but there's also, it's like there's a stillness and because uh, it's, it's so sparse, it's kind of, it's a little bit more haunting than it should be, you know. And right. I found that I remember spending, you know, working and spending time in town. I don't know. That was just very, that was a very, very strong image to me. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's where that song comes from. All right. Um, and that recording um, at the end there, yeah, that was just me going around, going around to bars at night with a tape recorder and seeing <laughs> I could find something, you know, to paint, you know, just to, yeah, paint the picture. Cool. Uh, kind of, yeah. Now, the other I, one I want to touch on was Speaking Belt. Because you got yeah. Alistair Galbraith helping you out with some, are there like animal sounds happening there? I don't... He pulls the seams, shouts through his heave, bears on relief, fosters the grief, and takes apart his parents' pictures with all the blood they've given, gives in time. This, that's a great thing is uh, I asked Alistair if he would um, do something I just said you know I'm looking for vocal collaborations here's my idea and I sent him the song and when I sent it to him as well it was very different it was like a kind of rocking jammy band song right and um, Alistair got back to me and was like yep keen and then sent me some stuff back and it was that and I was kind of if you've listened to his music you know he's got like a very gentle and um, I guess like idiosyncratic like very much himself right. style of singing and I was kind of just expecting that but he put it through all these I don't know he was kind of cackling and putting it through all these like tape loops and sent it to me with the track in the background right and I was like whoa <laughs> like that's a lot and also I asked if I could um have the recording just isolated without the track on it. Right. And then he he said to me, Ben, I'm a magical intuitive person. And <laughs> that's kind of a and also he's like kind of one of my heroes, I reckon. So that to me was just made me go, Oh, I like I've got to like 
just everything had to change, you know, because I had to meet that energy and I right. it kind of reframed the whole song. So I ended up remixing pretty much the whole song and throwing it all back together and all these weird parts, which is why it's so, you know, jumping everywhere and shifting. But right. it's amazing that, yeah, just his, I guess that magical intuitiveness that he talked about, just like flip the song on its head and maybe be like, all right, I'm game for this. <laughs> and my understanding is you've already written your next record. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I hope so. I've got, um, <laughs> I'm in my studio now and I'm looking at one of those little, what do you call it, pin boards that I've got on right. the wall. And it's got, I reckon, about 20 songs on it. And I just need to fi- spend some time with them and f- right. figure out whether I need, if they're going to cut it, you know? But um, yeah. I've just got to, I mean, the recording process is the real long, but writing them is always pretty quick. Right. But then, you know, it's like trying to actually, you know, get in that different frame of mind where it's not just throwing things on the page. Right. So, when, so when you have 20 songs up on the board there, are you looking for kind of a thread that ties them all together or which ones are going to work together with each other? I kind of like to think that I'm just the thread. Uh-huh. It'll just really happen, you know, like keep it, try to keep it organic like that. But um, I think... In that, yes and no. Like, no, I'm not thinking of like a, a concept necessarily. Sure. But I'm sure. definitely thinking of just like what ones feel good, you know, and what ones, what is different enough and what is similar enough that I could like, you know, that you can have that nice flow thing. But um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's there. I think it's there. There might be one more, one or two on this Dispeller record. That was yeah. the thing that um, happened to me. It was like a week before recording and I thought I, I knew I had everything and I had it all fleshed out. And then like two days before recording, I wrote one more song and it ended up being my favorite one on the album, which was uh, White Leather again, the last track. How did that change everything? What was it about that song that? I think it was one of those ones that just came so easy and was quite quick. And then the same with the like it's 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 probably one of the more melodic and kind of simple in a lot of ways. But it just felt like yeah, there was no fighting for it at all. It was just like the song was there. Started yeah. playing on guitar when we started recording it, and all the sounds kind of just like came pretty quickly and i think it also has a feeling of resolve to it which is why i put it at the end of the record but i think it also was like resolve for that you know period of songwriting for me you know yep yep so that definitely feels i don't know yeah i can't that's probably why it's my favorite is because it just felt like it all came together finally you know in this nice way with that song gotcha gotcha so when you hit the road with this thing and you get your band together, are you attempting to recreate the sounds that we hear on the record or is are they going to be significantly different, do you think? Uh, a mix, I think. I think there's some sounds on it that I just um, 
desperately want for the songs and I think that makes them special and so there's a few things that have to stay the same but um, there's definitely a lot of shifting in that the instruments we're bringing like I said we've got Ruben who's a horn player who plays um, right. saxophone and uh, bass clarinet yep and most songs in fact all of the songs apart from one on the album don't have any horns so I feel like that we we use and he's just amazing so we just managed to use him as textural parts or lead lines so a lot of things get changed into that and right. um there's also that thing when you're on stage you know how it is like um it's a it's like a less because there's a lot of people there's this big energy in the room you've kind of got to bring things up a bit right can, can't be quite no one's like when you're listening to the record, it's like you've got a microscope and everything is like right there. Whereas right. when you're in a big room and you're dealing with PAs and, you know, lots of people shouting, <laughs> it's kind of becomes more of a, um, yeah. And do you have to read the room? Do you have to kind of get a vibe off the audience as well? And does that affect what you do? Absolutely. Especially with this kind of music, I feel where it's like pretty slow a lot yeah. of the time. Um, and yeah. It, it, it can definitely be two ways. We can either bring it right down. If, you know, if it's, if it's a sit-down sort of crowd or if people are really locked in, it feels really nice to just like bring it even further back. So, you know, there's that whispery, intense kind of um, atmosphere. Whereas Ooh. in a lot of the time, people want, especially if they are, and it's like a weekend, you know, people want, want things to be hard-hitting. Yep. So we kind of <laughs> stretch things out and go on our own weird like adventures jamming and improvising through it excellent so you're going to be up here in auckland on it looks like september 2nd at the whammy bar right yeah that's right all righty and we'll look forward to hearing what happens with the songs for the next album <laughs> yeah th thanks so much mate have a good day you too see ya. catch you later bye-bye <laughs>